This, this, this is, 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 is. Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 751. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your boxing preview for the weekend ahead. If it's the first time you've ever come to visit us and you're thinking, these two look like nice lads, well, why don't you subscribe and come back day after day, week after week for all the fight sports content that we provide. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. I know I say that if you've been here plenty of times. I say it every single show, but go and have a look. Loads of stuff on there. Every single podcast we do from boxing and MMA. There's also a link to our YouTube channel. We would like you to come and play there if you want to watch this podcast rather than listen to it. And there's also a link to our store where we sell Fight Disciples merchandise. And there's all sorts of stuff on there, including beer. So if you like a tipple at the weekend whilst you're watching some scraps, Get yourself on the Fight Disciples website, fightdisciples.com. All good. What's um what's going on with your lights today? You you seem to be incredibly bright over there. Are you uh have you put a filter on your on your camera? I don't know, what have you done? I don't know whether I don't know whether you noticed via my social media recently, but uh I've got a new personal sponsor and it's called Just Glow, and they are a, a fake tan company here in Liverpool. So as you can see, I've I had thought a bit that of was glow. just for I thought that was just for your celebrity football match that you're playing at the weekend. It is, but if you know anything about uh self-tanning, Mr. Catchall, you'll know that you do it a couple of days in advance, so it brings out the perfect glow when it's ready. So <laughs> I studied me paper on these yesterday, got a full spray down. So this Sunday I'll be glowing on that football field. So yeah, that's why I've got a little bit of a tinge about me. I'm looking good. Looking good, son. You, Need a haircut. You, put, you put a little bit of fake tan on. Yeah, why not? You know me, in for a penny, in for a pound. Right, okay. Would you like to tell people about your, your football match of the weekend? Because they can come and watch you. They can come and watch you do a bit. Yes. Actually, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be streamed online as well. So it doesn't matter <laughs> even if you can't get to Liverpool. Pay per view, kids. You can tune in remotely. Yeah, it's for the uh, it's for it's a sensational cause actually. The no more knives, uh, weapons down, gloves up are two charities based in Liverpool. Anti knife crime charities, of course. Tony Bellew's very active in one. Paul Bentley is kind of the driver of the other one. Loads of Scouse sports stars and uh, A, B, and C list, and obviously Z list celebrities because I'm involved. Uh, are kind of coming together for a charity football match at Marine FC which is in the north end of the city. It's a complete sellout now. They've sold all the tickets. It's going to be absolutely rammed. Um, and it's just aiming to raise awareness. So I think I think the Sky Sports are going to be there at ITN, uh, ITV, local Granada reports and whatever are turning up. It's going to be loads of interviews. <laughs> and it's all about raising awareness for anti-knife crime. The money raised is going to be to finance kids getting into it from uh, off the streets, into education, yeah. Into employment. That's the ultimate aim here is to get get these kids who are in gangs, out the gangs, get them educated, get them trained up and get them into jobs and get them really contributing to society. So, yeah, man, it's a real it's a real uh, coming together of two charities very close to my heart. She'll be very close to everybody's heart, in fact, in this country. And along the way, there's a 19 minute football match that should be a little bit of fun. They're so, giving you, you squad number six. Baller. What are you doing? My baller. Are you? Are you, are you well, playing in the Esther? Is that what you do? The are conversation you went Esther like this. Nick, yeah. what is your strongest position? Yeah. And I went, would you ask Andre Pirlo that question or would you just give him the fucking ball? That's my answer. 
Just put me on the pitch and give me the ball and watch the magic. So if my if my kids weren't grading for the kickboxing at the weekend, mate, I would one hundred percent be. I'd be there absolutely <laughs> foggoing at the ready, re- filming every second of this. This is going to be gold. You're playing against Bellu, aren't you? Against Bellu, yeah. On the other team, actually, there's quite a few boxers. Bellu's on the other team. I played obviously a lot with Bellu as a kid and growing up. Uh, Daddy Matthews, Jazza Dickens. Um, yeah, there's quite a few, man. Rocky Fielding's playing. Tremendous. I think Robbie Davis Jr. is on my team. Martin Murray, Jesus Christ. You know, he's used to egg shaped balls. He won't have a clue, yeah. Martin Murray. He's on my team as well. But we've got the secret weapon, you see. I'll tell you now. We made Stevie Warnock recently signed up. He's playing for them, unfortunately. I've seen Stevie in town recently, and he's fit as a butcher's dog. Blackman so Rob's legend, mate. Blackman Rovers legend, the boy. Yes. I'll tell you now. We've got the A star. We have got yep. the guy who can put it top in with his eyes closed every day of the week, no matter what shape he's in. If you know football, you know the name Lee Trundle, and you know Fuck that kid can score worldies for days. So he, he ain't moving out of the centre circle, mate. He ain't moving exactly. out the centre. He's like he's like a modern day Jan Mulby. That's that's basically what's at that how he's going to play at the weekend, isn't it? The tactics are easy. I'm Give the, it Lee. I'm the creator. Basically, the creator. Basically, Fuck. I I see myself. <laughs> as, You're the reducer. As, as Kevin De Bruyne. I'm the Kevin De Bruyne type. <laughs> and Sundal is going to be Haaland. And that's it. And that's where the magic's going to come from. That's where it's coming from. <laughs> Ten minutes like this to, to, to sub-bench. Yeah? I'm done, lads. <laughs> Blowing out my ass. I've done me ten. I'm sitting at the bar for the rest of the match. Exactly. Do you remember the uh, do you remember the Maradona World Cup, the hand of God goal? Mm. And he ghosts past Peter Reed. Yeah on his way to score in the hand of God goal. Well, Peter Reed's playing now, and I think he's about 85 years of age. I won't even ghost past Peter Reed now. Like, <laughs> that's how unfit I am. Peter Reed will probably ghost past me. Peter Reed playing on the other team? Yeah, Peter Reed's playing on the other team. Yeah, yeah there's quite well, a few. There's mega. Like Snowden and Reedy and James Vaughan's playing. There's quite a lot of ex-Liverpool and ex-Everton players involved. Robbie God. Fowler's one of the managers, isn't he? God's our boss, obviously. Mega, mate. God's the You're boss. in for a good afternoon. In for a good afternoon. So if you're going down to that, have a little bit of a nosy. Like, and what yeah. website's it on? How can people watch watch this comedic performance? <laughs> you might have to. I'll put it on social media. I don't know. Wicked. I'll have to put it on social media. Yeah. So if you're at a loose end Sunday afternoon, fun. Yeah. get your get your live stream up. Watch this yeah. lad peel peeling it around for ten. He's only doing ten. He's doing ten pieces. <laughs> ten minutes of magic. <laughs> he'll do something amazing and I bet he has to be sub. 100% that's what's going to happen, right? He's going to score a worldie. He's going to put an absolute diamond pass in and then he's going to fucking check out. See ya. I'm out the game. Ta-da. That's the plan is run up Bellew, dive, get yeah. the referee to give me a free kick and just yeah. fucking Beckham top corner it and then walk Beautiful. away. There See ya. Go. That's me done. See I'm ya. Out. Dragon rights for days. There you go. Either side of that, there's a bit of boxing to go and get yourself Correct. stuck into. Um, because there's a show in Manchester this weekend, a show in Sheffield this weekend, and there's a bit of heavyweight action uh, going on stateside. Um, and we'll come to the heavyweight action at the end because the heavyweight division seems to be in a proper mess at the moment uh, with lots of talk and not a lot of walk. Um, but we'll get to him last. 
We'll talk about where do you want to start? Do you want to talk Sheffield first or do you want to talk Manchester first? Let's start, let's start Manchester. Let's start Manchester All right. the undisputed super middleweight championship of the world. Yes. Women. Now the, go on. Ladies. Okay. Just caveat uh, that with ladies. Okay. Now um I do feel for the promoter and broadcaster on this particular card because everybody knows that this was supposed to be the date uh, for Liam Smith, Chris Eubank Jr. Part two, wasn't it? Um, That obviously has fallen off with Liam Smith's injury to his back. Um, And Eubank actually chasing a Ben fight. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So that was supposed to be your main event. When you actually look at what was supposed to happen on this card, it was quite a solid card because you were supposed to have that as its main event. You're supposed to have, obviously, French and Cruz de Zern and Savannah Marshall and their core main event. And then you had the uh, Zach Chelly versus Mark Heffron fight on this uh, on this card as well. But Mark Heffron decided to go for a run on his day off and pull his hamstring and therefore got himself injured. Zach Chelly uh, is still on this card. He's taking on Mark Jeffers. We'll preview that fight for you in a minute. And then, of course, in the aftermath, they've sprinkled on the new title fight at welterweight which has got a really interesting narrative around it when Natasha Jonas taking on Candy Wyatt. I'll sprinkle that in as well. So you've got to feel a touch, all right? I know that a lot of people of look at this and they might turn their eyes up or roll their eyes and turn their nose up and in a touch. But the actual card that was supposed to happen on Saturday was pretty good. It was all right. And I've no doubt you'd have been tuning into it wherever you were wherever you were, or even buying a ticket for it. But we've got what we've got. We've got the undisputed super middleweight uh, title fight between French and Cruz de Zern and Savannah Marshall in its main event. We do have Natasha Jonas uh, fighting for a welterweight world title and uh, Zach Chelly's still on there. You've got a couple of other names in Ben Whitaker, Callum Simpson also on this card. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. It is what it is. You can't legislate really for... Uh, for injuries and and, and pull-outs and, and what have you, can you? You can only book what you can book and hope that it happens. Um, so, the new main event. The undisputed cruise uh, the undisputed super middleweight championship of the world. French on cruise design brings all their championship belts. Uh, and Savannah Marshall is stepping up in weight to have a go at 168. Now, I spoke to um, French on cruise design on the radio last week. Uh, and I've always been fascinated with her as a person because her journey into boxing is unreal. She's a singer. She went on American Idol, fell short, mm-hmm. uh, obviously previewing her talents to uh, Simon Cowell. She did have a decent amateur background. And then obviously she's decided to have a proper go uh, in the professional game. And she's only having a go in the professional game because Caressa Shields needed an opponent. She didn't have an opponent for a professional debut. 12 people turned her down. Cole came out the blue at two weeks' notice. French on. Listen, can you do us a favour? Can you just rock turn up pro. here? Can you just turn pro and rock up here and have a little bit of a tangle with Clarissa? We need to have a little bit of a showcase. And obviously, that's a four-round fight for Clarissa Shields' uh, professional debut. She comes through that. French on Cruz design falls short. But then she thinks to herself, actually, I can make a go at this. And she does make a go of it because since then, she's done all right, hasn't she? She's come through. She stepped up in weight. And uh, she's... Uh, sorry, unified she's become the super. Yeah, she's become the super middleweight uh, champion, and then she's unified the whole division and become uh, become the undisputed champion. So she's done all right. But as I look at this fight, mate, and this is no disrespect to French on Cruz de Zern, she's not Clarissa Shields, right? So as I look at this fight and I analyze the abilities of both ladies coming into it, I think this could be quite an easy night for Savannah Marshall. 
if she if she really wanted it to be easy, I think she could make it quite easy. Keep it long, keep it straight. You'll win on points, or you'll end up stopping Cruz's urn because of her style. It she wants to have a fight. That's what she wants to do. She wants to her footwork is not what Clarissa Shields' footwork is. She wants to come forward. She wants to throw a big winging hook. She's got an half decent jab on her, but I genuinely think that Savannah Marshall, because of the size of her, because of the length of her, because of the power that she does actually possess, she keeps it on the outside, nice and long, stiffs that jab in her face. I think a nice straight right hand could uh, could give her something special at the weekend, mate. Yeah, listen, it's uh, it's an undisputed title fight for the top spot in the. 12 women's 12 stone division. So it's, on paper, it's a big fight. In reality, it's not a big fight because the lack of depth in the super middleweight division, the lack of strength, the lack of name value in the super middleweight division. Mm-hmm. French on Cruz deserves 36 years of age. She's brought this, she's brought this weight division together inside nine fights. Yeah, she did have some amateur experience. I think she's got a silver medal from the same world that Savannah won a gold medal at. Savannah Vita um, in London. That's... Yeah, in the the about six months before, yeah. 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 Um, and then she ended up being forced up because Savannah Vita, Clarissa came in as the USA's middleweight entry, which That's means right. that fruit French had to move up a weight division to go to the worlds. And she actually silver medaled at the worlds, uh, where Clarissa lost to Savannah. Um so there's a there's a tangled web here of these kind of relationships together. Now, of course, French on Kroon makes all of uh, Clarissa Shields fight gear because she's also a seamstress. She's also a okay, yeah. let's call her a fashion designer. You know, she Jeez. makes clothes, she makes fight gear for a lot of fighters. I think Do- Isaac Dogbo wears Cruz Design designs when Eve boxes in the ring. Loads of the female fighters do. She, of course, designs all her own gear as well. Her husband's a pro boxer. She designs all his gear as well. So she's a she's nothing but a renaissance woman. She's got a lot going on. You know, she's got a singing career. She's got a song in the UK charts right now. Mm-hmm. She's got a fashion business. She did a fashion show last year. She does clothes for boxers, including herself. And she's a unified world champion boxer. So she's fucking certainly got an awful lot going on, but all we're interested in is what can she do inside the ring? What is her technical ability like? And she isn't a very technical boxer far from it. She's, you know, she's strong. She comes forward. As you say, she likes to tear up, but that's about it. You know, in terms of technique, she's different stratosphere to Clarissa Shields. And for me, this is the type of fight where, listen, the, the, the pressure's on. Savannah Marshall, yeah. because she ain't a baby. You know, Savannah's 32 years of age. Okay, Frenchman Dezane's 36. There's four years there, and there's a long long four years. But Savannah can't afford to lose again at this stage in her career. In fact, it's almost like career, career suicide. She's got to take the experience that she had of finally being in that main event against Clarissa Shields, and she's got to bounce back from that, something she's never really mm-hmm. had to do before. Because I'll be honest, for all Savannah Marshall's successes, and listen, go back before Clarissa fight, we were screaming about her, 12-0 and in her career, sensational, no one's putting women away like Savannah Marshall, she doesn't need three-minute rounds, the relationship with Peter Fury is one of the best relationships in all of British boxing, we couldn't say enough nice things, but Savannah Marshall's entire career, amateur and pro, always had this big, fat, shiny badge, 
And that big fat shiny badge says, I'm the only person to beat Clarissa Shields. And that shiny badge got ripped off her shirt last time out and threw in the bin. It means nothing anymore. Clarissa Shields boxed their head off. Mm -hmm. So how does Savannah Marshall bounce back from that? Because the one thing, the main thing in her career, the biggest achievement of her career is gone. How can she bounce back from that? The pressure's on her now. She's got to do a number on, on Cruz Design. She can't just get in there and wing away and, and let herself be dragged no. into a fight. I want to see a performance. I want to see her go out there, use that height advantage, use that reach advantage like she should have tried to employ against Clarissa. Don't get caught in the headlights. Don't get dragged into anything. Tee off on this girl, pick her off with your jab, and expose her for what, he, what she is. I'll be honest, I was a bit more excited about the fight yesterday than what I am today. And the reason being, I watched Cruz de Zane hit pads yesterday at the open workout. <sighs> She looked like an old-age pensioner. Yeah. I swear, to, she looked like an old-age pensioner. Honestly, I'm watching her going, Jesus, it was like watching someone's nan in a boxer-size class here, pads for the first time. Yeah. I don't, listen, <laughs> we've all seen fighters turn up at open workouts and pull the wool over people's eyes and everything else. But she looked more interested in how she looked than how she was hitting pads. And that yeah. might be Cruz de Zane's entire career. Is it singing? Is it fashion? Is it boxing? Or is it just celebrity in general? Which is the you can't you can't chase everything and 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 expect to climb on top of the world without the focus. Savannah Marshall's got nothing else. There's nothing else going on in her life except this. She needs to expose that on Saturday night. Anything less than that, you know, a close points decision, anything like that is a is a loss. Savannah's mm -hmm. got to go out there, put this girl in a place, take it apart. And I think she'll finish her. She has to. Mate, in the build-up to the Clarissa fight for Savannah, we said, listen, Clarissa is the business and she will stand Savannah on her head because of her footwork and the way that she moves. She's a sensational boxer. And you've said it all there. Cruz de Zern is not that. I actually think that this is a bigger step up for Cruz de Zern than it is for Savannah Marshall. Even though Cruz Desern's been in with Clarissa in the past, she only had four rounds. It's a professional debut. You're not getting the Both. full hit with Clarissa. You know, yeah. it, it, it's, it, it wasn't the full thing. Savannah's just had the full kit and caboodle from Clarissa yeah. Shields. Savannah isn't going to fight anything better than she fought the last time. That's the best yeah. thing that she's ever going to face because Clarissa's that good. Yeah, This kid's not that. If she, As long as she keeps her head, she does all the things that she'd done previously, like I said, Nice and long, stick that jab in her face. Don't get involved in anything up short and personal. And she could stop her because she could walk her on to that big right hand. She calls herself the heavy hitting diva, does French on Cruz Zern. She stopped two people. Yeah. She stopped two people in a professional tenure. And all right, it's a short professional tenure. But Savannah's is a short professional tenure. And she's got what, 80% knockout rate? Mm. Come on, man. All she's got, Peter's not a mug. Peter knows exactly what the tactics are. Keep yeah. it long. Keep her on the end of the jab. Walk her onto that big right hand. Smash it. You'll either beat her on points or you might stop her late. I think it's quite a, I think it's quite a relatively easy fight. I really do, mate. I know it's an undisputed title fight, but I genuinely think it's a relatively easy fight for Savannah Marshall. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. She should make easy work of her. <clears throat> if she doesn't, there's a problem. Yes, I agree. I completely agree. And I also think it's a relatively... <laughs> we're not picking this up, are we? I obviously, I honestly think this is a relatively easy fight for uh, Natasha Jonas uh, as well. 
in the welterweight division. The, the story of this is weird, right? So Jessica McCaskill is the undisputed welterweight champion, right? The undisputed champion. She steps down in weight to take on Chantel Cameron. We all remember that, don't we? 140-pound championship. Let's have a little bit of a go here. Jessica McCaskill wants to have a go at trying to become that two-weight world champion. She stepped down in weight and lost to Chantel Cameron. The IBF just took a belt off her. Yeah. Just took it off her. Just went, oh, you went down and lost. Tough shit. We'll have that. Yeah, but I didn't lose it your way. Yeah, but we'll have that back. <laughs> Becky, look as they fucking go along. <laughs> the kid's been paid a sanctioning fees. She's been a, a, a solid champion at 147. She's dared to do something a little bit out of her comfort zone. I'm going to go yeah. down in weight. Oh, you lost? All right. We'll have that. Fucking hell, fire. Hence, the belt then becoming vacant. Jessica McCaskill, still active. She just booked a fight with Sandy Ryan. So they're mm-hmm. unifying on the other side of uh, this division. And Natasha Jonas is getting the opportunity to take on former title challenger Candy Wyatt at 147. Wyatt has absolutely zero punch power. She's lost three of her last four. Um, albeit one of those is two, uh, Jessica McCaskill. Um, she did beat Kirsty Babington the last time out. Um, but listen, Natasha Jonas, she's in an Indian summer at the moment. Um, she's won world titles and unified a division out of her weight class at 154. Coming down in weight might suit her even more. Um, and again, exactly what I've just said about Savannah Marshall. I would not be surprised if this is a wide points decision victory for Natasha or that big left backhand that she got um, goes right down the pipe and uh, and and creates a stoppage for Candy White. Yeah, listen from a from a Natasha Jonas point of view, she's just unified the super welterweight division pretty much. She's been, you know, she's been crowned number one at super welterweight. She's achieved that lifetime goal. She's become a unified champion. But it was never a natural weight division. You know, the super welter move was always an opportunity move rather than retire. And, yeah. and hang him up because she's running to Katie Taylor at lightweight and she was at the back of the queue. It was like, no, let's move up a weight division. Let's do something else. If if when male fighters do that, we fucking applaud them, especially if they move up or move down and win world titles. Like Bam Rodriguez jumps up two weight divisions. I'm like, mate, what a guy. Fight of the year. Amazing. So we have to do the same with Natasha Jonas, which we did. We said fight of the year last year. She had a faultless year in 2022. 2023 is a different case. She, she's trying to do something else now. I think they've been down the road of the Clarissa Shields fight. Either weighed up the fact that, one, they can't afford Clarissa, or two, Clarissa's just way too big and too big of a reach for Natasha Jonas. And maybe they've thought, you know what? Let's start going back down because there is a new big star, big British domestic name now in Chantel Cameron, who's mm. basically just... Put the, the first nail in the coffin of Katie Taylor's career. If she follows through in the rematch and wins that, then that's pretty much Katie done. And Chantel Cameron, Chantel Cameron becomes the superstar of the super lightweight division, the new the new poster girl of British and Irish boxing. And I think Natasha Jonas and their team are thinking, let's go back down there because that's where the big money fight would be. That's where the super fight would be. So I understand why they're moving down weight divisions. I think they've been able to somehow manipulate the IBF here and go, yeah, man, Sam, that's going to become free. We'll have a piece of that action. What about the girl who fought for it before? Like, yeah, yeah, we'll have a bit of that as well. It feels like a hand-picked opponent. It feels like a hand-picked yeah, it world is. title. Mate, it, the it girl's is lost it is, three of her last four and she's in a world title fight. 
Come insane. on. Absolutely insane. Listen, I know, I've known Tasha May and I heard it. Her entire boxing life. I knew when she was a novice, a novice boxer, and I followed her career all the way through. And I know the journey she's been on, single mum, the whole thing. She's a British boxing success story of the highest order. Hundred percent. You can't throw stones at it. After the year she had last year, she deserves celebrating. This does feel like a gimme. Sometimes in life, you know, we were upset when Tyson fought uh, Chisora, but we went, you know what? You can have that one. Don't do it again. Obviously, as we know, he's trying to fucking do it again. But this feels like, a, all right, Tash, you did the business last year. You did something we didn't think you could ever do. You can have this one. You're going to be a two-weight world champion. But the this one has to follow on with, right, after you beat Candy White this weekend, you get your new belt around your waist. I want to hear those. I want to hear you say, right, Sandy Ryan, Jessica McCaskill, yeah. I want the winner. I want yeah. to unify again. And that's how we keep moving forward. Mate, one hundred. Listen, I'm not. I'm not going to make excuses for shit. She probably will, right? and she probably will. Seriously, yeah. Will. But this move down could set up something really, really special, and this is going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out because we've just seen recently that uh, for all the talk, allowing certain fighters to go over to certain broadcasters and promoters isn't necessarily a thing that they're going to follow up on the promoter that is connected to uh, Natasha Jonas. Jessica McCaskill has just signed a, a, a lengthy deal, I think. I think it's three, four fights with, with Matchroom. Obviously, she's um, got a couple of belts here. We've got Sandy Ryan, who's, listen, she's burst onto the scene in sensational fashion recently, yeah. and they're unifying. That's a Matchroom fight, mate. So are we, gonna, uh, are we going to unify this division? We know, obviously, of Joe's relationship with Eddie Hearn. Mm -hmm. Listen, man, all, all that for me is just utter bullshit. At the end of the day, Natasha, Natasha Jonas is of a certain age now where it can't be shit fights. Come on, man. I'll, I, we don't know how long she's going to be doing this for. Let's go in as big as we possibly can. And the biggest possible fight, regardless of promotional difficulties or broadcast difficulties or whatever, is the undisputed 147 fight. that She has to get on the microphone at the weekend, collecting this belt and say, that fight, I'm going to be ringside and that's where we're going. Doesn't matter what broadcaster it's on, doesn't matter what promoter promotes it, I want the winner of McCaskill versus Ryan. End of yeah. chat. Of and if it's not that, then there's a problem and it needs exactly. to be rectified. Exactly. Uh, and for me, the only other options to go, this was just a, a market, you know, this was an opportunity to add to my legacy. I'm on route back down to super lightweight. I want Chantel Cameron. But you're in exactly the same situation then because Chantel Cameron's now tied in with Matchroom as well. So, And Katie Taylor's just activated a rematch clause. So that's not happening. That's the, what I mean. There's only one fight. It's 147. You of undisputed. Course. That's the fight. What, the way I would caveat this is, yes, Candy... Wyatt should not be in a world title fight based on the back of one win. Correct. Um, however, if this fight didn't have a... Let's pretend this world title fight's not attached to it for now, and that's easy because we hate the belts anyway. If Natasha Jonas says, listen, I'm giving up my belt to Super Welter, I'm going back down to welterweight, I'm going to take, I'm going to face the girl at four for the undisputed belts at welterweight just last year, I'm going to try and get a win over it. She's just had a win over a British girl in the UK as well. I'm going to get a win over here to establish myself at welterweight, 
then I want a chance to fight for the undisputed welterweight titles, which are being fought over here. We'd all be going, makes perfect sense, Tash. The fact that there's an IBF world title belt thrown in because the IBF well, did stupid IBS things, that shouldn't be, you shouldn't blame, blame Natasha Jonas for that. No. She's taking what the opportunity. I'm, no, in that, yeah, I get that. I get that. But in my eyes, first and foremost, all this politics and broadcasters, promoters, people's relationships prevented the 154 undisputed fight. Because let's be straight, yeah. the 154 undisputed fight with Terry Harper was the fight. I don't care what anybody says. I, under, I understand relationships. I understand promotions. I understand broadcasters. But if we take a step back and just analyze the sport, the fight to make was Natasha Jonas versus Terry Harper. Now, yeah. people's egos and people's, people's own shit got in the way of making that fight happen. Now, coming down, I understand what you just said about the stepping stones of it, but this isn't male boxing. With all due respect, the talent pool just isn't there. Natasha Jonas is far better than this girl. Far better. Yeah. Let's be straight. She's If she doesn't beat her at the weekend, there's a fucking massive problem. Massive yeah. problem. So I, listen, acquiring the belt for whatever it's worth, and I couldn't give a shit about it, but nope. acquiring the belt should only lead her to McCaskill versus Ryan Winner. That's Correct. all it should. And I don't want egos and relationships and, oh, we can't let her go over to that broadcaster because she's our star girl and we can't let her, we can't wait, we edit. Fuck that. What's the best thing for Natasha Jonas? That's what you should be thinking. What's the best thing? And the best thing for Natasha Jonas is to fight for the undisputed championship against Jessica McCaskill or Sandy Ryan. End of chat. Because then at the end of that, if one of the British girls comes through, if oh. by the end of the year, you've got Chance either Jonas or McCaskill as yeah. unified welterweight champion, then the winner of Cameron Taylor, especially with Chantel Cameron, there's a perfect fight there once again. Undisputed versus undisputed. You bring it together just like we had with Taylor and Cat and, uh, and and Cameron as well. Brilliant. It, it it's a great situation to be in if people work if together and make it happen. The man. fighters get put first. Yeah. Politics is put to a side, and we get to see the big fights happen. That's what we need to see. It's got to happen. It's, different. it's slightly different here than what we've seen in the heavyweight division, where Paul Fraser Clark was was vilified and made to look like a fool by being pulled out of a fight that he and his team had lobbied for because mm. it was going to go to a rival broadcaster. The only difference there is, and I'll give this one to boxing, is he's just starting out. He's got 10 years to define his heavyweight legacy and make money for this broadcaster. Natasha Jonas is one loss away from walking away. He ain't got 10 years. He's in his 30s, man. He ain't going to still be yeah, rocking and rolling in five yeah, years. You've got five, six years then, yeah, whatever. But Natasha Jonas is one loss away. She will, if next time Tasha loses, she will jack. That's a fact. She's only got one, two, maybe three at a big push. So they've got to be monsters. Yeah, you're right. They've so they've got to be monster fights. With all due respect, Candy Wyatt is the layup. To what? What's it the layup to? Yeah. Gotta be the layup to the winner of Ryan or the layup to the winner of Cameron versus Taylor. That's the only thing this can be. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll wait, you're wasting the time. Yeah. And, and and to be fair, to this point, the relationship with Ben, Boxer, and Sky has been brilliant because she was on her way out. She was calling yeah. time. And the what they've done and got her into this position has been absolutely brilliant. Don't waste the position yeah. now. Yeah, Make yeah. sure, don't just, you know, 
do what's right <laughs> for her. Deliver for her. Yeah. And what's right for her is that undisputed fight at 147. Or, like you've just said, a crack at Chantel Cameron, Katie Taylor at 140. 140 whatever that may be. Um, also on this card, uh, Zach Chelly's taking on Mark Jeffers. Obviously, the original fight was Mark Heffron. Gutted that this fell off because if you remember last time out when Mark Heffron, we said, listen, keep an eye on him because he's going to win this fight. And he did. He came out. He delivered it to Mark Heffron. And obviously, he's pulled his hamstring on it. I led to believe it's on his day off. He went for a blood. It's your day off, Mark. Yeah. Lie on a bed. Chill. Go and have a massage or something at Sunshine. Why have you gone for a run? Anyway, he's gone for his run. Hamstring's gone. And he's uh, he's ended up having to pull out this fight. Gutted for him. I'm gutted for everybody, actually, because I was intrigued by this fight. Because Zach Chelly, if you remember, he fought Anthony Sims Jr. Big pomp, big ceremony for Anthony uh, Sims Jr. He's back. But Zach Chelly beat him and beat him well. And okay. Fucking stood him on his head. <laughs> yeah. And, and okay, Anthony Sims Jr. did some weird shit in that fight. He was, it was just a weird performance from him. But Zach Chelly dealt with everything that was in front of him. And he uh, and he beat him really, really well. And he's absolutely earned an opportunity for another good fight on Sky that we could all get our get, get teeth into. And the Mark Efron fight was that. Um, Mark Jeffers at the weekend, I think it's a case of just keeping Chelly on the card, isn't it? Let's be straight. That's what it is. Well, I think it's more a case of let's bring someone local in, like Heffron was, to sell the fucking tickets. Hmm. I think that's what it is. I think that's why this opportunity is it's coming in the direction of Mark Jeffers, kids from Chorley. Sell, sell, sell. Sell as many tickets as you can, kids. We need to put bums on seats. We need to get that Manchester crowd in. Mark hmm. Heffron was our guy. Mark hmm. was going to bring the crowd in. Now he's Now we're fucked. Mr. Jeffers, step up to the plate, kid. That's a great opportunity for him. Kid's got a 15-0 record. He's never really fought anybody. This is a big chance for him, but I think the real reason here is to sell tickets. No one's clambered them over themselves to buy tickets for Tasha or Savannah in fights they're massive favourites for. Mm-hmm. Ben Whitaker's going to go in there and do Ben Whitaker things, and already Ben Whitaker, even just three fights into his career, is very quickly establishing himself as a very Marmite fighter. You either love him or you hate him. <clears throat> That's evidence. I love him. I love all the yeah. showmanship. I love all the razzmatazz. Is it embarrassing you're trying to embarrass a journeyman in the opposite corner? Hey, man, Ben Whitaker, just do Ben Whitaker shit, man. Forget about the haters. But that isn't necessarily making people to fall over themselves. I think there's a lot of pressure on Mark Jeffers this weekend to get Chorley in this arena. Big time. Mm. To make some noise. Just uh, just on Ben Whitaker. Did you see that uh, Eddie Earn video that I was talking about the yeah. other day? <laughs> <laughs> I, I it. You, you talked about it on Monday, and then I went yeah. and had a look at our socials and seen it. I'm like, he's a fucking troll, Eddie. And yeah, he's king of the Great. trolls. Right. It's an elite, elite piece of trolling. The thing is, it's funny because it's true. Yeah, no. <laughs> Anyway, Ben Whitaker will do his thing this weekend. Um, he's taken on a durable opponent. The geezer's lost to Carol Atuma in the past and Jack Cullen, but I fully anticipate Ben Whitaker to have a wicked room walk, dance around for three minutes, and then go through the gears. Um, looking forward to seeing Callum Simpson up close and personal. A lot of hype around Callum Simpson. He's taking on a guy that actually gave a little bit of a hard night's work to <coughs> Lyndon Arthur. So it's going to be interesting to see how Callum comes through that. But he, he it's hard, so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, something decent from him. That, in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen, is Manchester. 
If you're there, I'll be there. Come and see me. Keep me entertained. Uh, because with all due respect to everything that we've just previewed, the best fight on British soil uh, that is going ahead this weekend is taking place in Sheffield. Uh, Dalton Smith versus Sam Maxwell, super lightweight British championship on the line. I'm going to go as far as... Oh, yeah, it's Commonwealth as well, isn't it? Um, I know that... Listen, we we know Sam well. We know Dalton quite well, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll go I'll go as far as to say this, and this might come across as quite harsh. Dalton Smith is the absolute business, in my opinion. Um, and he needs opponents to allow him to shine. You get guys that get in there and they see how good he is, and then they go on this retreat of, well, I'm not gonna get knocked out from this fucker. I'm going, I'm going backwards, I'm gonna I'm gonna shell up. And some of those performances that you've seen recently from Dalton might not necessarily be the ones that capture your imagination and make you want to go and buy a ticket. But I fully believe Sam Maxwell will bring the best out of Dalton Smith this weekend because Sam Maxwell is good. He's coming to win. He believes he can win and he won't stop trying to win. Even if he loses one, two, three, four, five rounds, whatever, he's going to still keep coming forward. And I just think that lends to Dalton Smith being able to shine. That's where I'm at, mate. And I, it hurts me because I love Sam. I think he's fucking, he's a super, super, superstar. Lovely kid. But I just think Dalton's just a touch above. I think he's just that little bit fresher. You know, mm. he's just, I, I, the thing with Sam, and uh, again, I've known Sam an awful long time as well. He may have just stayed amateur that little bit too long. She's got that little bit of an amateur style to him. Now, but I think both of them have got similar power. Dalton's got a few more knockovers, but I think Samba's matched up probably a little bit better. Um, signature wins, obviously you look at the fact that Sam breakout moments was actually a fight he was losing against Sabri Sidiri. Yeah. Uh, the European title fight where he chinned him in the very last round. That's kind of like his big moment. Uh, he's picked up fringe belt along the way. He's been the British champion before. He's been the Com- he's still the Commonwealth champion now. He is coming off a win, but his fight before that was a, a you know a, a one-sided six rounder against Sean Cooper. Prior to that he fought Manessas in Liverpool for the for the IBO belt. Um we were ringside for that one. He lost that fight convincingly and got stopped as well. Um and these are that was a real setback for Sam Sam Maxwell because it just hasn't quite clicked yet. Even though he's had good wins, he's kind of had to do it the hard way. Um, whereas Dalton has looked great. There's been times yeah. and occasions you look at Dalton Smith and you go, okay, this kid is going to go an awful long way. This kid's going to reach the top of this sport. But then there's been other performances like the Casey Benjamin performance when I'm a bit like, is he all that? Is he really all that? Has he got a ceiling? Like his amateur career had a bit of a ceiling on it. You know, Sam Maxwell represented England, Great Britain, countless occasions, major tournaments, a lot more successful as an amateur than Dalton Smith was. Now, great amateurs don't make great pros, far from it, of course. But Dalton's never been able to break that ceiling and reach the pinnacle of the sport. Not as an amateur, not yet as a pro. And as we've moved through, into championship class, his performances have just lost a little bit of their shine, a little bit of their gusto. I agree. 
Casey Benjamin aside, he's won them all and he's won them convincingly. Sorry, he's won them all, including Casey Benjamin. But he lost rounds, serious rounds of the Casey Benjamin fight. Now, that just might have been an off night. Or maybe Dalton's hit his ceiling. And if he's hit his ceiling, I think this is a really interesting fight. Because Sam, Sam Maxwell's back's against the wall. Sam's yeah. not a young man. You know, Sam's well into his 30s. Sam knows it's now or never. <clears throat> he can't afford another setback, which is why yeah. he's taken this fight. I think anybody jumps at Dalton Smith, but you get to a point where you go, you know what? I've tried that alphabet world title level. I came short. I've got to come back to domestic level and get a big domestic win. And that's what this represents for Sam Maxwell. A big win. If he can beat Dalton Smith, oh. his career continues to move forward. If he loses, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Maxwell hung up the gloves. He's got a new corner team again. I think that's three or four different corner teams he's had in 18 fights. He's working with Paul Edwards now out of the Sollier's old amateur gym. Dalton, of course, has been with his dad forever and a day. I think it's a real crossroads fight for both fighters. Can Dalton move beyond this level? And can he do it in style? I would favour yes. But Sam Maxwell, as you said before, not only comes to win, comes to save his career. Mm. If you can't beat Dalton Smith, and that's not to say Dalton Smith's a bad fighter, far from it. But if you can't beat Dalton at this stage of your career, at this age then where do you go from here? How do you continue to make a living and a nice living in this sport if you can't get, if you fail again, you lose for the second time in three fights? That's what makes Sam Maxwell massively dangerous because he's fit, he's in shape, and he's ready. Will is, is the best Sam Maxwell good enough to beat Dalton Smith? I honestly don't know. I would suspect the best Dalton Smith beats Sam Maxwell, though. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm, honestly, I'm really intrigued by this fight. Mate, Wouldn't it's a surprise great me fight. if Dalton Smith stood him on his head. Wouldn't surprise yeah. me. And I go, okay, he is that kid. But it also wouldn't surprise me if this is Dalton's level and this was a really, really close and competitive fight. And yeah. Sam carries power late. Yeah. I think it's a great piece of matchmaking. I think it's a great fight. Um, and as I said, I don't, I don't say it lightly. We, we've just been speaking about an undisputed women's world title fight, but this is the fight of the weekend. There's no doubt for me uh, that Dalton Smith versus Sam Maxwell is the best fight of the weekend. And if you're going to Sheffield, I think you're in for a treat. That uh, main event, you're going to get something. You're either going to get a great performance or a great fight. Uh, undercard, uh, you've got an English title fight between uh, Louis Sylvester and Adam Cook. I know that you, Mate, that's I know a that you'll be. Fight, you know. I know it is. Two undefeated lads. They, they don't know what it's like to lose. They're both going to have a little bit of a go at it, aren't they? And like you say, those English title fights, British title fights, they don't serve up shit. They serve, it's good stuff. You might not know the names, Louis Sylvester and Adam Cope, but I guarantee those two lads, are, you're going to be talking about them later on and say, fuck, you know, what a nice little knock that was. Um, <clears throat> so I'm fully anticipating that to be a good one. Hopi Price, I know you're a big fan of Hopi Price. Um, he's uh, in with James Beach Jr. A name that is familiar with a lot of uh, British fight fans, but yeah. I'm going to be honest, I think Hopi Price will stand him on his head. Um, and then you've, of course... Good test for this level. Good. It is. Jimmy is Beach it, is no joke. I think. I think the word is yardstick in it. You've seen yeah. um, Beach in with various people that have, that he's lost to, and I would anticipate that Hopi Price would do the same thing to him. So it's a yardstick. Are we on the right trajectory for Hopi Price? Um, and we've also got Pat McCormack in action. Yeah, who's brilliant <clears throat> um, in his fifth professional fight. So all in all, you've got a bit of name value in there. You've got two. I think, very good fights with the English title fight and the uh, British title fight. 
Yeah, the, I, I like Sheffield. I, I like the fight card, as you say. There's 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 a a good mark and time fight for Hopi Price. It's a good way to describe it. That a good yardstick. <clears throat> Jimmy Beach's no joke, but of course, you know, I think Hopi comes through it. Comes through it in style. I think you're guaranteed ten rounds as well. I think Lewis Sylvester versus Adam Cope, Hull versus Hartlepool, two undefeated fighters, two fighters who have obviously had clearly had success on the small hall scene, getting an opportunity now on the zone, on a you know a big TV hey, card if you like. Good. They're both going to step the fuck up. English title fight, and this could be this could be both of their world title fights. They might not ever fight for a title again. Certainly, the loser is going to struggle to reinvent himself and and come back when you haven't got that name value. I don't know whether Sylvester or Cope have even got a matchroom deal or a, what you would call a pedigree promoter deal. Whoever wins this is probably going to get a matchroom deal. So not only do you get the English title, you also get probably a deal with, you know, arguably the biggest promoter in the world. So there's a lot at stake here for Sylvester and Cope. I think this is the sleeper fight of the weekend. I think this could absolutely deliver. We know Cope well. You know, it comes from a long line of fighting Copes in Hartlepool. There's about fucking 17 of them who all turn pro at some stage another. And Sylvester's game is a badger. Honestly, I think this could be a crack and fight. I think it almost certainly goes the distance as well because neither of them are big punches. No. But it's everything. This is cup final day for both these kids. That's what makes it so interesting. It's going to be a fucking cracker. They're going to fly out. I think Dalton Smith, Sam Maxwell goes the distance. I think Hopi Price, Jimmy Beach goes the distance. I think Sylvester, Adam Cope goes the distance. I think he guaranteed 30 rounds there. And at least, them, to deliver big, at least 20 of them are going to be fun, are going to be interesting. I think McCormack gives you your moment. McCormack gives you your, you know, his so. 10 rounds against Tony Dixon ain't going 10 rounds with all due respect to Tony Dixon. So that's where you get your viral moment from. But yeah, man, Sylvester Cope, honestly, don't sleep on that fucker. I, I'm, I'm going to tune in for that and yeah. then stick around, obviously, for the main event. Now, <clears throat> whilst all the rest of the heavyweights seem to be uh, just talking and not fights not materialising back and forth about percentages, about times of year, about venues, about A-side, B-side, absolute nonsense. Um, we've got a fight in the heavyweight division at the weekend, which has really pricked my ears up. <clears throat> because as a last-minute opponent, I think this is pretty decent to get your hands on a former world champion, albeit not a very good world champion. Um <laughs> But Jared Anderson, we've been speaking about him for a bit. He's been coming through nicely. He's been absolutely punch perfect. And every single time he steps into the ring, you look at him and you go, oof, he's proper him. 14 wins, 14 knockouts. Looks the absolute business. Was scheduled to be fighting somebody else. That fight fell off. And then at two weeks' notice, Charles Martin, that's right, former IBF champion, has stuck his hand up and go, go on then. I'll have a go with him. Now, Charles Martin... Since the Anthony Joshua blowout has been on this really slow, steady <laughs> comeback. And there's been bits in there that have been good. And obviously he's, he's lost in there as well. But the one against Gerald Washington, you look at that and you think, oh, all right. And then obviously there's another bounce in there. Listen, it's a fantastic... We talked about yardstick fights, didn't we? For, um, for Hopi Price a moment or two ago. This is an opportunity for Jared Anderson to go, Oi, you lot, I'm the guy. Because of the name value. You saw what Joshua did to Charles Martin, and albeit it being, what, six, seven years ago. But you saw that. 
and it, and okay, we know what Charles Martin is, but the name's still there. And if Jared Anderson goes in there and smokes this dude within six minutes, all of a sudden you've got a player of which people are going to start talking about on a worldwide scale. Yeah. We talk about the heavyweight division and, you know, it, it's hard to talk positively about it at the moment because they're all a bit of a sham and Usyk looks like he's the only one who's prepared to fight anybody. And, well, I guess Joyce as well. And even that, and even that, he's, the, he's now off to Saudi Arabia. And all. It's yeah. all a mess. You it's can't really, all... you can't really take one of them and go, "You're no, my you guy." There isn't it's one. All, it, it's all lots of bollocks. This could be our guy. Yeah. Come Sunday morning, Jared Anderson could be the savior of heavyweight boxing. He could be the guy that we can all go. You know what? Fuck all them. Fuck that generation off. I'm not interested. Let's get Jared Anderson to where he needs to be as quickly as possible. And what I like about it is top ranks seem to be on board <clears> because <throat> prior to Charles Martin stepping in, they'd match Jared Anderson. With Kozabutsky. Mm. Kozabutsky's fucking 19 and 0 and eight, with 18 knockouts or whatever. He's ranked above mm. Jared Anderson. Mm-hmm. In the, I think Anderson's about 30 yard and Kozabutsky's just a, three or four places above him. They've also got Makhmadov here, who's 16 and 0 with about fucking 20 knockouts against Akpajori, who's, yeah. that's the co main event. He's 15 and 0. So yeah. the original plan for this top rank card in Ohio, which is, Anderson's hometown was the main and co-main event was four undefeated heavyweights, all with mm. phenomenal knockout power. Yeah. But you've got to applaud that shit. The guys below the top 20 are getting the shit together. They're trying to put it together. They're making real fights. And I applaud that. Of course, Kazabutsky has to pull out. I think there was a, a, a visa issue. It was an injury. Couldn't get to the US. Charles Martin... Fucking, when I seen the headline, I was like, Charles Martin has gone, go on, I'll fight him. You've got to respect that shit. Mate, you know, fair for, play. For fair all fucking votes, play, Charles Martin, with all due respect, you know, certainly in the UK, will forever be known as the worst heavyweight champion we've ever seen and came in and Anthony Joshua blew him away with a wet fart. But Charles Martin, to his respect, has fucking put his hand up here. And okay, when you look in, he's lost three fights. He's lost two since... AJ, first one was Jesus Christ, was bloody what's his name, the Polish kid who was shot a bit last week you could say he caught him before he was shot a bit, but anyone that gets comprehensively outboxed by Adam Kaunaki there's an alarm bell ringing because Kaunaki is bloody rubbish and always was, he had a couple of wins then as you say, the Gerald Washington win, a stoppage that was like, okay, and then he gets stopped in sixth round by Lewis Ortiz Ortiz capable of doing that to any B-level Heavyweight, and that's what he is. He's that he was a B level heavyweight. He was it's crazy to say he's a former world champion, but there we go. But listen, regardless of all that, Charles Martin stepping in here deserves some fucking respect, and I respect mm. him for it. I really do. However, he's taking this because obviously opportunities weren't coming anywhere else, and he knows I may as well take a chance on Jared Anderson. And if by some miracle I beat the kid, I'll get it. I'll get torpedoed, I'll get opportunities, mm. I'll salvage my career. That's why he's doing it. He's jumping in, he's taking a chance. I respect him for doing that. But Jared Anderson is the future of this weight division. He is the fucking guy. He is absolutely phenomenal. Incredibly fast hands, incredibly big power. Not the biggest heavyweight, only six foot four, but got good feet, good shot selection, good IQ. 
We, you know, we know he was a former sparring partner to Tyson Fury. Tyson's talked a lot about him and his talent and where he's going. 14 fights, 14 knockouts. I think it comes 15 fights and 15 knockouts this weekend. I'm expecting a statement. And you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if he fought the winner of Makhmadov at Bajori yeah. in the co-main event later in the year as well. Top rank building something a bit special here under the radar from UK fight fans. Jared Anderson in three years' time could be undisputed champion of the world because this generation will have gone. Delonte Johnson's on the card as well. It's a nice, it makes nice. It's not like you just said, the matchmaking in the heavyweight division from top rank this weekend, is, I think he's top class. There's a yep. couple of bit, bits and un, uncovered name value on the on the card as well. Delante Johnson, like I said. Uh, I think he was my one to watch, wasn't he? This, was he this year or last year he was my one to watch? Johnson. January, January. Yeah, he was on our list of, this year, in yeah. January. Uh, yeah. So keep an eye on him. He'll be uh, he'll be doing his thing this weekend. But Jared Anderson, Charles Martin, fair player, like you said, to Charles Martin for stepping in. Um, also, and this could be the uh, the biggest fight of the weekend. Uh, and this might come a little bit of a surprise, me mentioning this name on this particular show, because this is the boxing show, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, God. This weekend, the king of Rio himself, Jose <laughs> Aldo, is back in a boxing ring. Uh, after his debut draw with Jeremy Stevens, he is 0-0 and 1 in his bo- in his boxing career. Uh, and he's back in the ring this weekend in a little six-rounder in his hometown of Rio de Janeiro. Hey, Get your money out, kids. Go and watch the King of Rio. Mate, he was all right against Jeremy Stevens. I thought he won that fight, even though it was against Jeremy Stevens, again, another former uh, uh, MMA fighter. But uh, Jose Aldo... Possibly the greatest featherweight of all time in the world of MMA is back boxing uh, this weekend. We'll keep you up to date with that uh, via our social media I and won't. on Monday. I will. Love love a bit of Jose Aldo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, there you go. That's your boxing this weekend. A um, little bit of Manchester, a little bit of Sheffield, and then Ohio is where you should be uh, pointing your attention come Sunday morning. I'm not saying stay up and watch it, but Sunday morning. Definitely uh, have a little bit of a nosy at Jared Anderson versus Charles Martin. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in to us. If you're going to a show this weekend and you see our faces at one of those shows, make sure you come and say hello. We'll have a little bit of a chinwag. Uh, and of course, next week, if you're in Sin City, <laughs> come and see us. Uh, we'll be out there on a little bit of a tour. Uh, more information on that on next week's show. All right. Uh, so thank you very much for tuning in. Please subscribe to us via our website, fightdisciples.com. That's the destination uh, for all our podcasts. And it's also the destination that will send you to our YouTube channel where we are Fight Disciples under there. And if you like watching your stuff rather than listening to it, uh, hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. We are trying to grow the family there. All right. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.